Sports, Politics, Life, 360 Document Solutions presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues online at 360documentsolutions.com. Well, what do you know? It looks like we got a couple of really good, positive stories on this Tuesday. Thanks for joining us at Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Always great to have you on board. And thank you so many of you in the last week or two who have shared with me that you've been around large gatherings, whether it's holiday parties, Christmas parties, things that you're, it's that time of year. And you've shared information with people about the podcast who didn't know about it and said, well, we didn't know what that guy was doing. Well, he's doing a podcast. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for letting them know. All you got to do is hit that follow or subscribe button. They get daily notifications every day when we drop KKHI, usually uh, early to mid-morning. Great to have you with us. I mentioned positive news, and I like this. You kind of need that, I think, right? Every now and then you just need some good things to happen in the news instead of all the mayhem and disaster that we see. Both of these things are positive, but in different ways. The first is Sam Bankman-Fried, the FTX CEO, has been arrested in the Bahamas. And this restores my faith a little bit in our Department of Justice, in our federal government, in this case, the Southern District of New York U.S. Attorney's Office, which says it's not limited to the five counts or more. They're claiming that Sam Bankman-Fried committed fraud and this is going to be international fraud. This is going to be the, like the Bahamians picked him up at the request of the U.S. Attorney's Office. Said, hey, go grab him. Now, the extradition hasn't happened yet. And apparently we've not filed for formal extradition yet, but it's coming. And what I like about this, obviously, is Sam Bankman-Fried was the second largest donor to Democrats in the election that just happened. He has basically cheated and stolen billions of dollars from not just American citizens, but it sounds like citizens around the world. And he is in real big trouble here. I think everybody can see what happened with FTX. It doesn't really, like, it's easier to describe what Sam Bankman-Fried did and what he's going to be convicted of. That's much easier to describe than what cryptocurrency and FTX really was, which is your first red flag. I know, I know a lot of you are like, oh, we can't believe how anti-crypto Kevin is. We anti-crypto. Well, you know what? It's not working out great in a lot of places. And I'm no genius. I, I'm not going to tell you don't invest in crypto. I'm not, because I, I, I don't, what I can tell you is I don't get it. There's nothing to back it up. It just looks like one giant Ponzi scheme. And now we're seeing giant like Ponzi schemes where the money just disappears because it doesn't sit anywhere. It doesn't get invested anywhere. There's nothing backing it up. It doesn't make any sense to me. There's no gold reserves. There's no real estate holdings. There's no portfolio. They're not turning it into stocks of major corporations. They're not taking the money saying we're a fund. I don't know where the heck it goes. People try to explain crypto to me, and I don't even want to know. And I may miss the boat. I've said it before. I may miss the boat. Maybe I'll miss out on making all kinds of money by investing in crypto. But I've seen enough at this point that I'm out for now. And so is Sam Bankman-Fried, who had billions and billions and billions of dollars just weeks ago, and now has nothing. He has absolutely nothing. He says his total net worth is now less than $100,000, which means he's not going to get a great defense team unless some politicians just step up and say, go do this pro bono work because he donated so much money. Apparently, those checks cashed. That was your money if you invested in FTX. It was your money, and it went to the Democrats. And they had better than expected midterms, and Sam Bankman-Fried has been arrested in the Bahamas. 
And again, I just I think this is important because I'll ask the question, is this the first high-profile Democrat that's been picked up, arrested, or anything bad has happened to since Biden became president? Can you think of one? I mean, I know we've been targeting conservatives all over the country, including trespassers at the Capitol, unarmed trespassers who walked around the atrium of the Capitol and were taken away and put in solitary confinement for weeks. Some are still in jail and have never been out. Oh, they target conservatives. There's no question who they're targeting when they're in charge. And that's what they've been doing, and that's what they are doing. But I don't really remember a lot of high-profile Democrats getting in any trouble. Now, maybe what got Sam Bankman-Fried in trouble, I don't know if you've seen the interview or not, but he gave he gave an interview. He's got a big mouth. He's obviously um, he's a smart guy. But a lot of times, young people that are smart are really stupid at the same time. And they do dumb things, and he's done it because he thought he could game the system, and he thought he could be really smart. But he also said a bunch of dumb things along the way. And he made some comments that almost lead you to believe that Sam Bankman-Fried is some sort of a closet conservative. And maybe that's what they're thinking now. Let's just go get him because we don't know what he is. Doesn't matter. He donated all the money. But what he said basically in an interview was, I'm paraphrasing here. He basically said, if you just act woke and say woke things and donate money to the woke people, good things happen for you. It opens doors. It's good for business. It's good for you. It doesn't mean you have to believe it. You just have to join the team. You know, it's like the secret handshake or the, uh, the you know, the you know, some sort of a formal fraternity pledge, right? Okay, I'm woke. I donate money. Therefore, I'm on your team. Good things happen for me. Well, I think he knew he was running a scam and he was getting protection from all the right people until all of a sudden the scam collapsed and there's no money there. And all of a sudden, everybody's broke and they've lost their money. And then... There is no cover. There is no political cover on that. I don't know how woke the guy is. I don't know how liberal he is. I, I I don't know. I know that he joined that team and said that's who he is. My guess is there's some people on the left that feel duped by him politically when they heard him make comments of, well, all you got to do is say the woke stuff and donate money and they'll cover you. But he didn't lie. He was telling the truth. How easy it would be for all of us to just go woke. We just go woke and start donating money to Democrats. All of a sudden, the IRS doesn't poke around us. They don't care what we're doing. It's crazy. We're in an upside-down world. But this is good news that they got him, whether it's because they don't really think he's a liberal and one of them, or whether they simply looked at it and said, it doesn't matter if he's one of us. This guy's got to go down. This is too bad. And the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York has requested the arrest. Sam Bankman is in custody and... They're waiting extradition papers from the United States to the Bahamas to get him home. He was scheduled to testify in front of Congress this week, right? And now apparently won't. And some people on the right are saying, no, 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 let him testify. He likes to talk. He doesn't listen to his attorneys. Let him testify. You might get something now that you don't get later. And I think they're right, but I don't think he will now. I think once you're arrested, that probably shuts you up. But you got to admit, it feels good, if only for a moment, and if only in, a, in a, a wild case, an outrageous case, that finally some liberal or some Democrat was picked up since Biden has become president. It looks like they'll be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. We 
shall see, as they say. We also got good inflation information on Tuesday morning. Inflation is 7.1%. That is not good. But it's only up one-tenth of one point month over month. They expected it to be three times that high. So they expected the inflation number to be three times worse this month than last month, and it's not. Most of this, this is all on goods, okay? This is the consumer price index. This is goods, services, you know, just living. Most of this, the reason it's lower, is believed because gas prices are down. The question is, are gas prices artificially down because he's released the strategic oil reserves and done the things that he's done? We know that they made a concerted effort to do everything they could to lower gas prices right before the election, and that's carried over the last month, and gas prices have continued to go down. I don't think it's going to be long-lasting, but we'll see. Be great if it is. I'm not going to complain. If if they're in charge, I, I don't care who's in charge. We need good things to happen here economically and for all of us. And it's pretty obvious this stuff doesn't win and lose elections for these people. They've got some sort of nefarious game they're taking part in that is on some level diabolical, but how it works is beyond me, but it does. We'll have a classic example of that in a moment with Gavin Newsom. But the numbers are better. The stock market futures, I'm recording this before the markets are open, but the stock market futures are way up, maybe as much as 1,000 points. We'll see what they do when the real markets open up, but this is all good news. We all need this. December typically is a time the stock market does well. Retailers are feeling good. People are buying things for Christmas. Everybody knows that you know spending is up in December. We all feel it. We all regret it in January, but we all do it in December. We get caught up in the moment. We're very emotional shoppers in the United States. We love Christmas. We feel good about it. We need more decorations around the house. We got to buy everybody a gift. So we all spend, but the news is good. And you know what? We'll take good news. If the inflation is slowing and stocks are up, how about we stop raising all these interest rates? I, you know, they keep talking about the soft landing. And I, I'm not the guy to know, but it feels to me like we might be there. I mean, they have raised these rates. I looked at a thing in, in you know, my son is getting married next year in Phoenix. They'd love to buy a house. And we just went through a crazy period where buying a home in Phoenix has just become unaffordable. Now the interest rates are in the sixes. But in the last six months, prices of homes in Phoenix have gone down 13%. That is a massive drop. Now, Phoenix has ebbs and flows like we don't have in Kansas City. You know, we'll go up and down a quarter of 1% in a year around here and go, okay, well, you know, we see these other markets where they go up big time and down big time. And that's what's going on in Phoenix. But we're looking at places like Phoenix where 13% increase in the value of your home, you know, for a lot of people, that'd be, that, that would be a catastrophe in Kansas City. That doesn't happen typically in the Midwest and in more stable markets. But it's good news for him. He wants to buy a home. It seems to me that's going to continue over the next year. And I told him, I said, look, Save your money, target 2024, wait another year. These prices are going to keep coming down in Phoenix because the interest rates and the prices of the houses are so high that people can't buy. And so they're squatting and they're sitting and they're, I know this because I talked to Tim Cross over at Cross Kitchens. He's like, people just call us. They're like, we're not leaving our house. We love our house. We're, we're here. We have a great interest rate. We love our home. We're not even thinking about moving into a new home, but it would be nice if we redid our kitchen. And so they're calling companies like Cross Kitchens and saying, hey, 
let's put it into our home. So that's what we're seeing. We're seeing it all over the place. It's going to slow the housing market, and that is the fastest way to slow the economy. But don't you kind of feel like it's enough? Haven't the rates gone up enough? Aren't there signs everywhere that this is slowing enough that we're going to overdo it? I don't know. I just read that economists say there's a very fine line between the soft landing and the crash landing. The crash landing is if you keep raising these things and everything shuts down, it goes kaboom. And businesses go out of business and the real estate market bubble bursts and there's nothing and home values crash. I mean, there's, it, it is a fine line and it, it feels to me like there's enough signs here that, okay, let's, let's just hang on on these rates for a little bit. But they're talking about like another year's worth of increases. I don't know. I am not smart enough to know. I'm not an economist. But I will take the good news in December that they thought inflation would be up three-tenths of a point. It was only up one-tenth of a point. And the stock market, if the stock market wants to go up 1,000 points, I'm game. I'm good for that any day. I'm good for that any single day. So we just continue to bring you good news. Of course, there's always ridiculous news when we're talking about Democrats. And the, the latest is just the frustration that we all feel that we lose on the messaging. And I don't think there's any question about that. We win on the issues. Conservatives win on the issues. If you sit people down and you start asking them questions, you know, there's the famous 10-question survey. Are you conservative or liberal? And if you ask the 10 questions, like 80-some percent of Americans wind up with six out of the 10 answers being conservative. Most people are seven or eight out of 10. But like 80-some percent of Americans, at least six of their answers prove that they're conservative and not liberal. So what we're talking about here completely and utterly is messaging in America, that the Democrats have done a great job convincing people that you're a bad person if you're a conservative. If you want to be a good person like us, vote for us. Now, it's bad for the country. It's bad for you. But everybody will think you're a good person because you vote Democrat. And so they do this all the time. And the, one of the ways they do it is they ignore stories that really matter. ABC, NBC, CBS, zero news coverage in the last week. Zero. Not one minute, not one second of any news coverage of all of this government collusion with Twitter employees to rig the elections. And again, let's restate the important part here about these Twitter stories. It's not about the freaks that ran or work at Twitter and what they did. It's the fact that they were working with our federal government. The federal government cannot do that. Twitter can. Federal government can't. The question is, if these people were colluding with the federal government, have they committed crimes too because they were working with the federal government? Or were they duped by the FBI? We don't know. All we know is they had weekly meetings with Joe Biden's people on who to kick off Twitter. And that's against the law. That is a massive government overreach. There need to be hearings, accountability, terminations, and jail time for federal employees that did this. A strong message needs to be sent to people in the Department of Justice, the FBI, the Biden administration. You cannot work with private companies. A government agency cannot work with private companies to win elections. It is absolutely against the law and goes completely against the Constitution of the United States and cannot be done. This is a major story. This is so much, you know, everybody compares everything to Watergate. Do you know what Watergate was? It was a couple of wiretaps. They put a couple of recording devices in the DNC 
offices at the Watergate Hotel to eavesdrop on them and hear what they're talking about. That was it. That was it. Do you know what this is? This is weaponizing your entire political operation and the federal government, Department of Justice, the FBI, to subvert information for the American public to consume in order to fix the election. Do you know how much different that is? What a massive scale we're talking about here and the tens of millions of people that it affected. I mean, this is just outrageous. So we lose the messaging because when this happens, now the media, because they're in it, by the way, they're just as bad. I guess legally maybe they can participate in this. The government cannot. The Constitution says very clearly that the government cannot work with private companies to rig elections. That's pretty clear. That's pretty, that's pretty satisfied American law. But can ABC News collude with them? I guess. Why not? ABC News can do what they want. They're not a government entity. What we're learning here is they're just as guilty as the people in the government, that all these media outlets were colluding with Twitter to do all this stuff. Of course, they're not going to cover this story. It's about them. They're not going to report on themselves. And so it's very frustrating. And another classic example happens. This is not keeping information out of the news, which is their best game. By the way, now their best game is never arguing their point or making their case. They're, it's been very clear since Biden won the presidency, the best option for Democrats everywhere is to shut up and hide. Ignore everything and let it go. Joe Biden didn't campaign. He sat in his basement. He won the presidency. News outlets don't cover these stories. Eh, they go away. Gavin Newsom, well, he likes the spotlight, so he can't really do that. He went to the border in California. This is the other game they play. You know this game too. There's two games they play. I just chronicled the one for you where they just ignore stuff that you know you know how guilty and terrible they feel about something when they ignore it. That's the that's the whoo, that's way at the top. When they're ignoring something and burying it, you know you got them. They're they're scared of that one. But sometimes out in the open they do and you know this, they just accuse conservatives or Republicans of exactly what they're doing. In other words, if Gavin Newsom's doing something wrong in California, he's just going to blame Republicans. This doofus goes to the border and goes, holy smokes, we need more funding here. This is bad. These conditions are bad. This is awful. And he gets in front of the mic and he says, we have a problem. And it's the Republicans' fault. I'm not kidding you. Gavin Newsom Monday went to the border and blamed Republicans. He says they need to get off their ideological perch and stop exploiting immigration and do something about it. And not a single reporter said, um, what can they do? The Democrats are in charge of everything right now. What could they possibly do? Not one reporter asked, ah, what, what can they do? They don't have the House. They don't have the Senate. They don't have the White House. What could Republicans possibly do? Well, you know the answer for two years. It's nothing. <laughs> There's Gavin Newsom at the border blaming Republicans. Oh, ABC, CBS, CNN, NBC. They'll pick that one up. Gavin Newsom blames Republicans for problems at the border. Boom. Sticks. Sticks like glue. These people are unbelievable. Truly remarkable. 
All right, the holiday season is here, and last year, many of you contacted the new car image and decided to get a wonderful gift for someone else to get their car really cleaned up, right? I mean, really cleaned up. Newcarimage.com is the way to go. This is the complete extensive vacuum and blowout. They move the seats back. They get everything underneath. They wipe everything down. Door jam seats. They even get the engine compartment underneath and clean that. They clean the interior, all the glass, hand wash, decontaminate. They put a remarkable ceramic coating that is better than any wax you've ever had on your car on the outside. They clean and shine all the tires and wheels. This is the complete detailing of your car for as little as $300. Nobody does it for that. The new car image.com. That's the new car image.com. Or call Brad at 816-499-1470. Give that gift card and say, whenever it's good for you, they're going to take your car for a day and it's going to come back better than showroom new. The new car image.com. 816-499-1470. Be stock for the holidays. I cannot sing, but if I could, I'd be singing the praises of what the inventory is right now at B stock. They've got, I mean, they are, they're so overstocked at B stock right now. I got a wonderful email from a guy last week that said, Kevin, I, I went to B stock and I was already saving a certain amount over Best Buy. It was hundreds of dollars on what he was getting. And then he thought, you know what? I'm just going to see if they can do even better than that. And I asked, you know, what about this? They're like, dude, we got to get stuff out of here. And he saved like another 180 bucks by saying, I'll pay you this much. They'll even wheel and deal with you at B-Stock on certain items that just got to go. They've got appliances right now that have, they have to got to get rid of them. They got to get rid of these appliances. They got to go. Make them an offer. There's even on their website, bstock.net, a make offer feature. You can see the price and you can make an lower offer and see if they'll take it. I'm telling you, stuff's got to go. They are unloading at B-Stock right now. They overdid it. They overbought. They have too much stuff. It's got to go. The holiday season is the time to do it. They want to do it by the end of the year and get it off the books. Anything, appliances, televisions, computers, accessories, bstock.net, 14680 South Flaming Road in Olathe or online at bstock.net. And Advantage Termite and Pest Control, advantagetpc.com. Very easy website to navigate or... Call the lady that answers the phone. She likes you. She's just been overwhelmed by the number of people that are calling. That's a good thing. <laughs> Make the switch to Advantage Termite and Pest Control. If you've got some big national corporation that comes and kills the pests at your place and you never know who the service tech is that comes out, and maybe they've even done an okay job for you, just go with people you know. These are great people. These, are, these people are us. Aaron and his team are us. Advantage Termite and Pest Control. 913-768-8989. Call them this December. Switch it up for next year. Say, put me on the annual service. Let's go. I'm switching companies right now. It's the time to do it at the end of the year. AdvantageTPC.com. Okay, here's a job I want. I don't see a lot of jobs that I want. This is the, I kind of want this job. I read this story. United Airlines is ordering over 700 new Boeing airplanes, jets. A hundred of them are the massive 787 Dreamliners, the big boys, right? A lot of them are the more narrow-body planes. Some of them are 737s. They're going to get two to three new airplanes per week, and there are so many jobs here that I want with United Airlines that I or Boeing that I don't really know where to start. So, okay, you got all these new airplanes. 
How fun would it be to be the person who gets to decide that and order them? Like some people love shopping, right? People love to shop. If you love to shop, how would you like to be the person that gets to order over 700 new jet airplanes on behalf of your company? That'd be fun. Or how would you like to be the person that's in charge of receiving the new aircraft? I don't know what airport that is, where they fly them in, but then you inspect them, you go over with your team, you make sure that all the United logos on the little tray tables are set up and everything's good and maybe take a test flight. And, you know, you're just burning miles on these airplanes because they got to be flown for a while before you put them in service. There's got to be some really good jobs there, some perks involved in hanging out in brand new 787 Dreamliners. Doesn't it just sound fun and glamorous? And while we haven't focused specifically on businesses gouging consumers, it does feel like the travel industry is gouging people these days. Like people didn't travel for a long time and now they're all traveling and woo, the prices are through the roof and people don't seem to care and they pay it. And the airlines prices are high, even though fuel's coming down, it still costs a lot to fly. Me thinks there could be some record profits in the books here for these travel companies. Big time record profits. If United Airlines, I don't fly United much. I have flown United. Jessica's going to be flying on them at the end of January to go see her sister in Montana. And she got a very low price. I know the prices have been up. But she got a very low price on this one. But what kind of money are we talking about? Over 700 new Boeing jets for United Airlines. Woo. I think that'd be a fun, fun job right there. Be the person in charge of ordering those babies. No, you know what? We'll take two more of those 787 Dreamliners. Um, I was wrong. Eh, we don't want 97. Make it an even 100. They're going to deliver two to three new jets per week in 2023, three plus jets per week in 2024, and even more in 2025. A massive order of jets for United Airlines. Fun stuff. If you're going to fly, maybe you'll consider United now as they start to get newer and newer planes. Everybody likes to fly on a new clean plane, don't they? You can always tell when you're, whether you're on a new one or an old one. It's just not hard to tell at all. Not hard. The Cambridge Dictionary is out for 2023, and they have changed the definition of man and woman. Cambridge Dictionary now defines a man and a woman as a person who identifies as either a male or female and could potentially be doing this after being born something else. Now, I botched the definition. That's not the exact definition. That's paraphrasing. But the Cambridge Dictionary of the English language now defines uh, the definition of a man and woman as someone who identifies as a man or a woman. So what the hell? I mean, there are days uh, I write, I scribble one little note down. There's nothing else to say on this story. I mean, I, there's nothing for really for me to add. There, there it is. It's just information for you to know. It's information. And I scribble it down and I start doing the podcast. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? On this podcast, what, 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 why is this? What's going on? Why? What? They changed the definition of a man and a woman. Ugh. Uh, Sam Brinkman, is that right? Sam Brink. We have Sam Bankman and Sam Brinkman. Uh, Brinkman is the openly gender fluid bag thief that works for the Department of Energy. Uh, that person's been fired. They've been fired by the U.S. Department of Energy. The pride of Wildcat Land, Sam Brinkman, is gone from the Department of Energy. Every news story said that this person went to MIT instead of K-State, so I guess they dodged a bullet that way. 
I don't know. What a weird person. And I will say that not based on how they look, kink sex, weird, openly gender fluid personality. You're a weird person if you're stealing bags off the carousel at the airport. I'm sorry. You've got a mental problem. You got something loose in your brain. Something ain't right with you if you're stealing bags at the airport. Sorry. There's something wrong with you. And that is okay to say. I don't care what anybody says. We often look at people in the news that we think are different or odd or strange and and would say, well, I'd never live my life like that or act like that. And I've always been one to say, as long as they're not hurting others, let them go be a freak show. I don't care. But sometimes you're a freak show because you're off. You ain't normal. You're not right. It's all wired together in that cranium in an odd sort of way. And it short circuits. You see a Gucci bag and you got to have it off that carousel. person belongs in jail i would hope belongs in jail for quite some time all right before we move on to sports want to thank amazing garage floors for another great year in 2022 they put new garage floors in for many of you and you're so happy with this and some of you had it done this summer and you're just now starting to experience the beauty of the amazing garage floors where you really love it is in the winter it's phenomenal when you start driving in and leaving water on your garage floor salt and sand or, you know, you have those, those ice chunks built up behind your wheel and you pull in and they melt off in your garage. You cannot believe you get one nice day, 50 degrees. You go out there, you grab a hose. It's about a four minute job and your garage floor bounces back brand new, brand new. It's the coolest thing ever. Amazing garage floors. There's a reason they say they're amazing. They are amazing. They look beautiful and everybody likes having the beautiful floor in your garage, but the actual function of the garage floor in the wintertime, is just sensational. It's never too early to start thinking about next year and booking a time for the spring to get that floor put in. 913-901-7139. Tell your spouse, guys, you want an amazing garage floor for Christmas. Online, amazinggaragefloors.net. Roberts Robinson, Chevrolet Buick GMC. They got some sweet garage floors up there. I know that to be true. And their showroom floor is spit-shined every day with sweet new rides like Corvettes. And GMC Sierras, loaded up with good stuff at robertsrobinson.com. And right now, they'd love it if you came by and made a donation for the Good Samaritan Toy Drive and Gift Card Project. Every year, Roberts Robinson teams up with the Good Samaritan Center to help area families and kids. They'd love for you to take part by dropping off an unopened new toy at Roberts Robinson or send a gift card. You can mail it to 1501 Kearney Road, Excelsior Springs, Missouri. That's 1501 Kearney Road in Excelsior Springs, that would be awesome. Thanks to Roberts Robinson for doing that. And Dr. Jeremy and our friends at Fry Orthodontics, online at fryorthodontics.com. There's a location everywhere you turn in our area, and you can get the perfect smile for life. Invisalign is the same price as braces, and they have such a gentle touch and fun demeanor about the whole experience at Fry Orthodontics. That's just the rule. That's just the way it is at Fry. There's no other way. We're going to be gentle, and we're going to laugh and have fun. It's going to be one of those places where you come in here and you feel good about being here. At Fry Orthodontics, your smile is just the start. Mississippi State football coach Mike Leach has died. He died Monday night after suffering reportedly what was a massive heart attack on Sunday. 
it was, you know, they said it was a health emergency. They wound up life flighting him like a hundred miles or something from Starkville to the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And he fought and fought and fought. But apparently he went after the heart attack 15 minutes or something without treatment. The EMTs got there. They paddled his heart, got it back in rhythm, kept him alive. But then there was maybe brain damage and it was really dire the whole time. And defensive corner Zach Arnett is now in charge of the football program. But Mike Leach was just uh, – ESPN has confirmed this story, by the way. ESPN confirmed that Mike Leach has died at the age of 61. He died, he passed on Monday night. And Mike Leach was one of those guys that we always – we had these Big 12 conference calls, and they were so fun when he was at Texas Tech. And they would get on, and a lot of times the conference calls weren't any electronic media. It was just – it was reporters from – newspapers. And it was generally like the reporter on the beat for that team. So sometimes there'd only be two or three reporters on the call and they would give each coach a 10 minute window. And sometimes it would only go a minute and a half and the local reporter at the Lubbock paper would get what he needs and be done. And that was that. And so Todd Lebo, our esteemed producer all through the years said, you know what, this is gold for us. We, we can just sit here and cherry pick this stuff. I can take the thing over the last five minutes if everybody else is done. And we did. And we did that frequently. And I'd sit in on them, I'd listen on the headset, or I'd ask questions depending on who the coach was. And Mike Leach was amazing. If he only had a minute and a half's worth of stuff from the other reporters, we'd just sit there and ask him questions for five, six, seven minutes. And it was amazing what he would talk about. He would talk about pirates. He would talk about the beach. He would talk about some of the great um, generals and military leaders of the world, conquerings, history, very smart guy, very funny guy, very dry sense of humor, and always, Mike Leach, always had an opinion on college football. He was an underdog. He was an outsider. He would say things about college football that the powers that be in college football, it made them uncomfortable. And that's what I most loved about Mike Leach. He would also talk about his players sometimes very honestly and say, well, half the days he can't find his way to the practice field. I don't know why I expect him to run a route the right way. I mean, he would say things like that about a player. And it never came from a place of meanness. You always felt it came from a place of love, that he loved his players. Mike Leach was one of a kind. The, the sport of college football is going to miss him tremendously. He had a good team again this year. They were ranked much of the year. They're in a bowl game. He was national coach of the year as recently as 2018. He invented the air raid offense. He is very well known in the Big 12 and SEC. Everyone that is a K-State, KU, or Missouri fan knows Mike Leach. And he's immediately missed. There was a side story to this that was unfortunate as well that you may or may not have seen. And it's one of the things that we don't like about social media. On Monday evening, Bill Snyder, full disclosure, a personal friend of mine, and I would consider him a close friend. Bill Snyder would do anything for me or my family, and I'd do anything for him or his family. I like Bill Snyder. Jessica loves Bill Snyder. He is a caring and giving man. And he received information that Mike Leach had passed. And he went on Twitter, and he gave a, a beautiful, if, the, if you can have a beautiful tweet, it was a beautiful tweet about what a wonderful man Mike Leach was, how he was a friend, and what kind of a mentor he was to so many young people. And it finished with rest in peace. 
There were online, there were things online that Mike Leach had died. They were unconfirmed by Mississippi State, unconfirmed by the family, unconfirmed by the Associated Press or media outlets like that. And immediately the interwebs turn on Bill Snyder, who actually may have had some sort of firsthand information when it happened. Mike Leach and Bill Snyder were close. He may have had some firsthand information, like from a family member or an adult child or something like that, may have called him or texted him and said, yeah, dad has passed. The university continued to say for hours last night and into Monday morning that Mike Leach was still alive. He was not. He died Monday night. Bill Snyder may have been right, but people just went after Bill Snyder and attacked him for being an old man, a stupid old man, you pathetic old man. Mike Leach isn't dead. They haven't said he's dead yet. I don't know whether he was or wasn't when Bill Snyder sent the tweet. My guess is he probably was, and Bill Snyder knew, but he took it down like 15 minutes later because the reaction. And then he put up another tweet that he was, you know, hearkened or something excited by the possibility that Mike was still alive. And that one didn't stay up very long either because I think they knew Mike Leach was not alive. And now it was just like, get the hell off of Twitter and stay off Twitter. That's the bad part. That's the bad part. If you're relying on the university to pass along that something has happened, they waited quite a while. This was not confirmed until Tuesday morning that Mike Leach had passed. He clearly passed on Monday, but it was not confirmed until Tuesday by ESPN and the Associated Press. So Bill Snyder got tied up in one there. And, you know, the only thing I would say is I used to really like being first with information. Eh, not so much anymore. It all travels so fast. You don't need to be first. And maybe that's it, but I'm not going to rule out that Bill Snyder was right and actually knew and had it firsthand because he was close with Mike Leach. You can bet your bottom dollar Bill Snyder's going to be at that funeral. He may speak at that funeral. Um, I just think that's really sad. You know, and I talk about advanced medical imaging over in Lawrence. Jessica and I, a few months ago, went over there and had, a, had the heart scan done. They do a plaque score on your heart. Mike Leach reportedly died basically after a massive heart attack here. He was not in great shape. He was not some sort of workout king. He clearly liked a cheeseburger or two. Mike Leach did. But that's not a reason to die. We're, we're better than that. Jessica asked me last night, she said, you think he just never went to the doctor or got checked or, or what? I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I feel, hey, listen, maybe I have a heart attack later today and die. I, I don't know. I just know that I went and got the, the scan done. It's less than 100 bucks, and I have no plaque buildup. I got nothing. I'm good. They did the heart scan. It looks good. They listen to the heart. My doctor at the physical listens to the heart. I get my blood checked. They take a look at my organs. I got nothing in there. You get a scan done for less than a hundred bucks. It makes you wonder, doesn't it? What if he'd done that? I don't know, but it seems sad. 61 years old. Mm. I miss Mike Leach already. I'm, I, I was always, always a fan of Mike Leach. And he never really sought after the big job. It wasn't like he was trying to get to Georgia when it would come open. You know, he was just more than happy to be at his kind of outpost places where nobody messed with him and he got to do things his way and just be a football coach. Lubbock, Starkville, Washington State, always kind of like the second fiddle school in his state. It suited him. It fit him well, and he had really good teams. Terrific football coach. Wonderful man. Just funny and brilliant and one-of-a-kind personality. Mike Leach will be missed. 
I don't know much about Chris Beard, the coach at Texas. We did a patron podcast on Monday. This is the craziest story ever. I just don't even really. Chris Beard has been suspended indefinitely by the University of Texas. He's their basketball coach. He's got a $35 million contract. They just opened a new building. They're in the top 10. They've got a home crowd advantage for the first time ever. And apparently a couple nights ago, Sunday night past midnight, which would have been early Monday morning, he got in a pretty big dust up with his fiance, who he's been with for six years. New details are emerging from reports from the Austin American Statesman that the woman had injuries and markings on her body. She is reportedly the long-term fiance. They got into it around after midnight. She admits that she either took a swing at him or knocked his glasses out of his hand and did something to get it started. He told the cops that she started it and he has audio recordings to prove it but he would not share him with the cops. It wound up with her, him pushing her. She says, grabbing her by the throat. She had some markings or bruising on her legs. By the time the cops came, it was all over. It was diffused. He was taken into custody. He was booked and charged with the, this crime, third degree felony assault. Paid his $10,000 bond out, cannot go to the home cannot go near her, can talk to her on the phone, and that's it, but he cannot be threatening in any way. They're sorting through it. The school has suspended him indefinitely. His lawyer says, unequivocally, this did not happen. Lawyers sometimes say that when things do happen, but sometimes there's more information. I don't know. I don't know. what an un- I mean, this is the end for a college basketball coach. If, if he did this, He's convicted of this. His lawyer says, not only did it not happen, she wants all charges dropped in this thing to just go away. So if she drops it and publicly states, hey, I made a mistake. This was on me too. And, you know, we're getting help. We're breaking up or whatever. Is he okay then? I don't know. I don't know how Chris Beard saves his career at this point. I don't know how. Because I don't really know what he did or didn't do. All we have is allegations. This is a hell of a story. This is a guy that that was probably going to win a national title at some point at Texas. And a a big up-and-comer that was, in all likelihood, going to make over $100 million as the Texas basketball coach. I mean, he was just going to keep getting contract after contract after contract. And one bad night at his house fighting with his fiance could end the entire thing and just basically end his career? You tell me. It's It's on the table. Anything from it's over, he'll never coach again, to... He gets his job back, is in play. Because we just don't know enough. But man, oh man, what a story. Andy Reid, speaking out about Patrick Mahomes throwing three interceptions, has said his message to Patrick Mahomes is pretty simple. Keep firing. (laughs) That's it. That's Andy in a nutshell. That's Andy in a nutshell. That's how you get six sacks in a game, 11 quarterback hits, and give up four touchdowns to a team that never scores. That's how you do it. The Chiefs are entertaining, man. Andy's good for business. The way Andy coaches is go play the game. Let's go make plays and win. When you go constantly try to make plays, you are constantly going to make negative plays. He knows that. This is part of the equation, folks. This is, make no mistake about it, part of the equation. Get players that can do exceptional things, and they have defensive players as well that can do exceptional things. Challenge them to go do it, In the process of that, you're going to get some personal fouls, roughing the passer. 
You're going to get pass interference. You're going to get a lot of the things that frustrate the living daylights out of you. You're going to get three interceptions from Mahomes. You're going to get Travis Kelsey with four guys ripping the ball away from him, fumbling the ball, and fumbling away the game. You're going to get that. When you challenge your players to always make the great play, that's what you're going to get. I totally respect and appreciate Andy's stance on all this. But man, when you get to the playoffs and you get a lead, you better back off that philosophy a little bit. Because I've watched the Chiefs blow some leads under Andy Reid that are mind-blowing. The playoff game in Indianapolis that first year comes to mind. Holy smokes. Would they have a 31-point lead in that game? The 27-point lead in Denver? Whoop, just gone. Here's your $500 million quarterback. 27-0. Look, the first interception? Okay. You threw an interception. Not the end of the world. Denver scored. It's 27-7, right? Not the end of the world. Now you come back, there's two and a half, three minutes to go. Get the thing to halftime. Anything but a mistake here. We got this game. We're in great shape. Anything but a mistake. And he throws another one. Mm. We saw Andy Reid walk over. I'm a little unclear of whether that's when he said keep firing or it was a different time. Andy Reid, because remember he walked over, you could see it on, uh, on watching the game. He walked over to Mahomes, I think after the second interception. It might have been the third. And he walked over, and he didn't stay long enough to really say anything. I think he just leaned over to him and said, keep firing, and just walked away. <laughs> keep firing. I mean, you got to love that and hate it at the same time, right? Do we all agree? You love hearing that? Like, if you played quarterback for the Chiefs, that's all you'd want to hear from your coach is keep firing. So you love it like that, and you love it as a Chiefs fan. You can't, it's kind of cringeworthy. Kind of makes you wonder what may happen in the playoffs, doesn't it? Folks, I can't more uh, strongly recommend that you take a visit to Shields in Overland Park this holiday season. It's a cool experience. I've said it before. There's a Reagan statue there. Read what it says. This is obviously, they're not a sponsor. They're obviously a conservative business. I like Shields. It's a cool store. The people that work there are very friendly, and they have pinch pocket knives there. Go check them out. Go upstairs. Uh, to the outdoor area and check out the Finch Pocket Knives for yourself. See them in person. You can look online at finchknifeco.com, but you've got a chance just to go to Shields and see them and maybe uh, uh, get the clerk there to open the case and help you hold it, feel it, open it, and think, wow, this would be a great gift for someone this holiday season. They are phenomenal gifts. A Finch Pocket Knife uh, says a lot. It says a lot about who you are, and it says a lot about who the person is you're buying it for. It does. Their new collection is called Reciprocity. There you go. Revenge is a very, very, very dangerous motivation. That's from John Clark, clear and present danger. Reciprocity is the new inspiration for pocket knives at Finch Knife Co. Online at finchknifeco.com or see them at Shields in Overland Park. All right. Thank you so much for joining, as always. Really do appreciate it when you uh, kind of spread the word and let people know about the podcast. That's an amazing thing that you do. And we hope you'll get involved with one of our charities this holiday season as well. So we talked about the Roberts Robinson uh, a little bit ago and, and all the good work that they do there with the Good Samaritan Center. We certainly appreciate all of that. We really do. And, and there's so many great things that you can be involved with this holiday season, and we hope you will. We know you are, whether it be your church or you know somebody near and dear to you or somebody you know in your community. Uh, get involved this holiday season. Be part of something special and good, and we know that you will. We know you have a big heart, and we know you will in some 
possible way. I'm getting the holiday spirit. We're doing Christmas at my daughter's house on Wednesday evening because they're going to be going to Florida to visit some other relatives for the holidays. And so we're doing Christmas early at her place on Wednesday evening. So I'm getting in the holiday spirit and getting ready to go there. Hope you're having a great December. And thank you, as always, for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. (laughs)